talk flirty to me. And we're back. We're back. Hello. Oh. I'm hitting stuff. Look at me. <laughs> I'm all over the <clears throat> all over the place. Wow, what a great start. Party foul. <laughs> I'm not even going to edit that out. We're no, going to keep just leave that it, in. Leave it raw. People love authenticity yeah. these days. Well, we're really authentic tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, today, because we have some housework going on, unfortunately. Yeah, we've got our garage project, <sighs> which has my studio in it. Um, and um, we're working on a Sunday because the door needs to go in by Monday. Or There's blah, all blah, blah, kinds blah. of reasons why they're working. But we, we recorded today hoping that it yep. would be quiet outside because we were like, there's mm-hmm. no way in hell they're going to show up on a Sunday. Yeah. And the thing is, Here like, we you are. want the work to get done. Like, I'm super happy that they're pushing through. No, like, they're amazing. But also, <laughs> we haven't been able to record for a while, which yeah. is the other thing we want to quickly say is, sorry, guys. Sorry. And this, the sound <laughs> of sanding will forever be uh, immortalized in this amazing podcast. Yes. Uh, I will do my best to edit it out, but I'm... Definitely not a professional sound editor, so we'll see what we can do. Cool. Um, This episode is brought to us by Jason Gavril, who is one of our Patreons. He's our producer for tonight today's show. We don't have to make up a fake sponsor. No, we have have a real sponsor. So what does he do? Uh, He gives us money in our Patreon. (laughs) He ran a company or a, a. poster uh no he's just one of our patreon guys and he signed up for the tier that he gets to produce an episode just a guy who wants to be he's he's like a super fan he's pretty awesome he like tweets about us all the time a super fan of you or me i think he's more a super fan of you that's what i figured i just wanted you to say it out loud (laughs) um i mean but maybe he's become a super fan of me because clearly i'm the better party of the two of us (laughs) he was gonna (laughs) be your fan but then he realized you're gonna allow the sound of sanding to interfere (sighs) with the podcast about it um, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate the yeah. support. So thanks, Jason. Um, and sorry that we've been so absent this month. It, it was sort of a, a crazy month with travel and Sean had New York Comic Con. Oh, yes. And I was happy to find that I did not come home with con crud. Thank God. Which is Because the, then uh, I always get it. Yeah. Yeah, so historically, I have a very good metabol or um, <laughs> resistance to germs. Also, and, a good metabolism. And metabolism. <laughs> but you have a good immune. <laughs> Humble <you> brag. <laughs> you have a good immune system. Good immune system, yeah. and you do not. Um, I do not at all. But I find as I get older, when I go to shows, it's like one in three conventions I'm going to get sick. You mm-hmm. can almost mathematically break it down, and then I can decide. Is it worth it for me to go to as many shows this year? Because if I get sick, I lose a week of work. I've yeah. lost a week of Batman. I've lost a week of pay. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it adds up fast for me. But uh, And then you have me who gets angry because you oh my got God. me sick. And the worst <laughs> thing is you catch it. And even when you're when you're healed, you still have a cough last a month. It makes me want to strangle you on the couch. I'm trying to watch TV. And it always comes up at the well, worst they... possible time. Watching Law and Order. <laughs> and it's like, and the murderer is. <coughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. I guess he's in jail now. It's always the worst possible time. I want to murder you. Um, also, I hope you feel better. Yeah, you're so fucking lovely and loving. Um, well, they all heard the cough because they had it for like the last four episodes. I was hacking into the podcast. Yeah. So they know how annoying it is. Hashtag um, totally professional. Well, you know, podcasting doesn't have to be professional. This is yeah. like low key. Relax. This is like the the raw year where we still got house work going on. We still <laughs> don't have like a, a real setup uh, per se. You yeah, know, we're just you know. Hopefully, next year we'll clean it all up and get this system streamlined. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. You know, one thing that to kind of go back to the concred, I do this thing that is so not scientific, but I just it's like a weird habit I can't help doing is if someone like coughs or sneezes around me, mm-hmm. I hold my breath until I feel like the germs have passed. <laughs> well, <laughs> or like I hold my breath as I walk past yeah. them. And like, it's so stupid because, you know, germs land on your skin and can get it. Yeah. But like, it's, it, yeah. I don't know. In my head, it makes me feel right. like I'm doing something. Right. I find oh, my, the... my fly is down. Hold oh, on. we all we Good all thing this isn't too. a video. Why did you need to, you didn't need to say that at all? <laughs> Wait, let me get a picture. No. <laughs> um, my fly is up. <laughs> it's funny when i go to conventions i always have this fear that my flies down so when i'm talking to people and i have a minute i'll take my index finger and just like double check really subtly i do that too i do that too 100 <laughs> i'm like always terrified that my fly is going to be down yeah at least you probably wear like longer shirts so maybe yours is covered but yeah. like well i wear what my assistant calls smediums <laughs> which are overly tight sexy medium shirts and I, I don't know why my shirts shrink or maybe i'm just so bulky that you know oh no yeah shirt. so that's like <laughs> your third humble brag in about five minutes 
Um, well, how was how was Comic Con? This was the first year in a while I didn't I didn't go with you. Yeah, um, it was great. We had the announcement for Volume Two come out a few days before. Uh, I had uh, a couple of panel discussions. I was on with uh, Scott Snyder and um, a lot of Tom King, a lot of mm-hmm. big writers at DC. So it's nice to do. A, I have a, a book sells really well. It's a top book for DC. So you know, it's nice to be um, promoted so yeah. well and be taken care of so well. So yeah. Not yeah. all publishers do that with all authors. No. I mean, I don't know about your industry. In my industry, I can tell you, yeah. like traditional publishing, it is tough. Their marketing budget is small and what they have tends right. to go to the big names. And so right. if you're not a bestseller, yeah. meh, you have to spend your own money. I also find like, and maybe it's because I'm more combative by nature and I'm okay rocking the boat, that I, I, if I don't agree with the publisher's marketing scheme or if I don't feel they're doing one, I'm just going to do my own. And mostly it means being on Twitter, tweeting the right way, not overwhelming people, but showing progress on a book and having like this slow, steady white noise that isn't too overwhelming. And then when it comes time to announce a big thing, then you use up your bandwidth. And then yeah. after that, you, you cool it off for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, There's so many different um, marketing tactics too. Like that's, that is definitely one that, that right. works and is tried and true. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I also think for you, like <laughs> what, it, what phrase did you just use? You didn't use squeaky wheel gets the oil. You used something else. Uh, rocking the boat. Rocking the boat. Yeah, you don't yeah. mind rocking the boat. I think that's a lot easier to do when you're an established name. <laughs> well, I did it when I was way too young and, and shouldn't, shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yeah. I always had that disagreeableness. But I, I read, um, there's a lot of Do you think about that that ever hurt you? Yeah, so being disagreeable or um, very agreeable, it's, it's the thing that we all have in our DNA. If you're very agreeable and you get along with the pack, then you're more likely to get food and survive. You think about evolution. Mm-hmm. If you're disagreeable, you can get attention and maybe get things done, but you run the risk of alienating and annoying people and then isolating yourself. Right. So there's always that fine line of like where to, where to move yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just imagining like with my publishers, if I had, if I had been disagreeable, right. Um, and there's always a certain level that you can push back and that they probably expect some pushback, but, um, well, the way the the amount of, I am definitely more of an agreeable person. I'm sort of like, (laughs) you're the professionals. I don't know. I'll do what you say. And then usually I end up regretting that. (laughs) Um, so I've started to take on more of a Sean Murphy tactic. Well, (laughs) it's funny because these days, you know, I have more to lose than I used to. And as you get older, you get less aggressive. So I probably backed it up a bit. And uh, I'll tell you a story like, you know, here's what happened today. And you'll be the one. I know. Get to I like, get oh, mad on you your behalf. They need to be more upset about this, Sean. Like, oh, give me on the phone. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, no, no. It's okay. You don't understand. This is how business works. I'm just. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I, I feel like because I felt as if I got a little steamrolled in my personal mm-hmm. career that now I'm like very mm-hmm. sensitive to it. And I'm much more on the path of like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And yeah. with self-publishing right now in my yeah. industry, you right. can absolutely do that. And that's right. not an issue at all. Right. Like your your industry still seems to have some gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so there's, I find that when it comes to marketing and publishing, they will, if you are a top seller, they will pay attention to you. They will have a marketing plan for you. Um, but if you are in the middle tier or on the lower tier, like they're taking a chance on you, you're yeah. just starting up. Do they have, so let's, let's just do this first one. So let's say you're just getting established with a publisher. You should, probably shouldn't rock the boat, uh, but nor should you expect them to put their marketing team on you 100%. I mean, let's be real. The yeah. fact that they're publishing you is is the help they're giving you. Anything you can do to promote it on your own But is, is that is truly considered help anymore? Like, again, our industries are very different. In my industry, I am curious if that's actually like a gift so much anymore. Right. Because ebooks, you yeah. know, it's so easy to self-pub your right. own ebook. Right. Unless they're getting your book into like Walmart, mm-hmm. I I don't know that there's a whole right. lot of good yeah. reason to go with a publisher anymore. Well, is, if the label is worth something, so if for me, if Vertigo Comics is right. worth having on the cover of my book, then right. it's worth. I don't want to say eating a little shit, but um, it's worth. It's, let's say they. Well, forget, there's always pros and cons, and it's yeah. worth those cons. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Right. Um, but if you're working for free. Or if you're at a small publisher no one's heard of, then, yeah, you have more right to be annoyed if they don't do anything for you because they think that it's a gift that they're going out of your way to, their way to right. help you. But if you could just as easily be self-publishing, then screw them. Right. Yeah. Well, and then the other side of that coin is um, how how much are like I, for 
my books, there's not a huge expense that you take on to self pub, you know, like mm-hmm. you pay an editor, you pay for a cover mm-hmm. and that's kind of it. Like, right. I mean, yes, you have to pay marketing, but you're going to pay your own marketing stuff, even with a traditional publisher anyway, yeah. Yeah. all of us do. So in your industry, how much are those smaller presses mm-hmm. taking on financially? Because right. maybe that is something like financially that is hard for an indie yeah. artist to do. Themselves. And you don't even know. I mean, small publishers, it's three guys or girls in an office who barely pay themselves anything. And, you know, right. it feels like this is a professional company. They should be giving me a special, a professional um, emails, professional this, professional that. But if there isn't a whole lot of money there, then... You can't blame them for being overworked, underpaid, and not being able to give you the quote-unquote attention you feel like you deserve. Mm-hmm. Like you just, I mean, when I, I remember working with Oni Press, who I who gave me a shot early on, I did off-road with them, um, and they were really great, but could they have done more? Yeah, but when I also found out how limited their resources were, you know, yeah. I can't really be upset when t- those three guys working at the time were totally overworked and Trying the best they could. And that's a very different time period. That was like kind of on the cusp of when self-pub was kind of just getting started, right? So that's the difference. Back then. Back when you did offer. Yeah, 2003 or four. Yeah, if the the idea of self-pubbing through Amazon, whatever was there, I would have been all over that rather than go with some of these publishers. Well, and then the other thing that your industry has to to keep in mind and work with is this, uh, the idea of like, if you want to draw Batman, mm-hmm. you have to go through yeah. DC, obviously. Right, I right. almost said Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty impressive. <laughs> um, you have to go through, uh, another ring, ring Marvel. It's Sean Murphy. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to, I'll sign with you guys, but there's only one character I want to do. Batman. Oh, man. <laughs> Just let it get awkward. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, and they're like, what? Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> he's like their version of I have no idea who yeah. that is but okay um, but like that's just so different we had in romance for a while something called god what was it called I think Kindle Worlds <clears throat> in mm-hmm. which authors could do um, ha- like hire other authors to write a bunch of books with their own characters so mm-hmm. like if you loved um, I think like oh god I wish I could remember her name Roxanne St. Clair I think is the author's name and uh, so she would hire a bunch of other authors to write within her universe. Mm-hmm. But I think they did away with that. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it didn't take off. But yeah. anyway, we're getting off topic because we were supposed to talk about conventions. Yeah. So, well, I had a list. <laughs> There's like a whole other podcast we could do about marketing. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Well, it's the thing because we, we, when we, you and I sit down, we're like, what should we talk about? We're running out of ideas. Yeah. But I feel like when we sit down, we come across three or more that we should just write. Yeah. Down. But we never take notes on what those ideas are. Right, and then we forget. You, so what was that idea? Marketing. Oh, marketing. <laughs> Very general marketing. Okay. Um, well, it's also, we both kind of love marketing. I feel like in another life, like I should have been. Yes. I should have been in marketing. I yeah. should have gone into that. It's well, so we'll get back to that. Or a veterinarian. I, I, want to talk about, I should have been a veterinarian. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> but marketing, we'll talk about that in a second because I want to talk about sales. Uh, but convention tips. So for me, I have five. And keep in mind, your shows are very different. Or maybe it's sometimes not, very sometimes similar. Sometimes they're to mine. very similar. It's like a like a parallel life almost. Like right. they're they're very similar in some ways, but they kind of go a different route. Right. Well, I feel like. When I went to one of your um, meetings of romance meetings. writers, yeah, um, I noticed that it was like comics uh, in reverse, like Bizarro comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, comics is like at the time, ninety uh, percent men uh, writing fantasies about uh, you know these introverts who are writing about these fantastic lives, fantastic characters that they may or may not have a lot of experience with personally, which I think is hilarious, but mm-hmm. it's awesome. And with your industry, I felt that it was sort of the flip of that. So I walk into a romance meeting and I am one of three men in a room of, of like dozens of women. It yeah. feels like a bachelorette party. And I'm going up <laughs> meeting girls like, oh, who are you? I'm trying and to think girl, if we were wearing tiaras. Every girl <laughs> we might have been. <laughs> giving me elevator eyes like, oh, hello. Oh, you're married to uh, Katana. Okay, I've heard of you. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh my God. And my thought was, man, I don't even need to be a talented writer. If I just got into writing romance novels and just showed up and just garnered all this attention just for standing out, I could have a whole career doing this stuff. <laughs> and me and uh, uh, yes. the two other men at the Aiming back. Aiming high, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it made me think, realize how similar your people and my people are. 
Especially when you get into properties like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. A lot oh, of Star yeah. Wars, there's a lot of crossover. Highlander. Um, I mean, just crossover and in, in what our, our audiences absorb and what they mm-hmm. enjoy. Um, right. Even Outlander. I think Outlander, that there's yeah. probably a lot of Outlander folks in your in your world. Mm-hmm. Black Panther. My goodness. Romance oh, yeah. readers love some Black Panther. Yeah. Um, and any superhero movie. They love the Avengers and they yeah. loved Batman. Right. Even like Suicide Squad. I remember, I yeah. remember hearing like a ton about readers loving that. Yeah. Yeah, we do have a good overlap. It's 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 crazy. So I'm curious, your convention tips versus mine. If, if mine well, are going to fly. We you. are also such different people that our tips are going to be catered for people like us. And also, I didn't like put together a list of five. I just was like, oh, let's talk about conventions. Well, I am So prepared. like you're way more prepared <laughs> than me today. But like right. I am an introvert. I am super shy. I don't do well in big groups. So right. I feel like a lot of my tips are going to be for like the introvert who is attending First of all, you are, you, you are outgoing, but you need to, I need to force you to, I... to be outgoing. <laughs> Otherwise, it will just be like, this is awkward. I don't know anybody. Let's go back to the hotel. But well, if someone's like, Katana, and you're like, hey. I do much better in small groups. Like if I am at a party and I can get in a group of three or four Mm -hmm. and like keep finding small groups of three or four to chat with, I'm golden. But if I walk into a big party and Mm -hmm. everyone is like already engulfed in conversation and like I'm just this wallflower, I I can't, I have issues breaking into conversation. Mm -hmm. I do much better if someone approaches me and then I'm fine. Like it's, it's actually called, it's called like an, uh, Right. Extroverted introvert or something right. is the technical right. term. Oh, as it's creative a, it's as that a, is. Am, ambivert is what you're Ambivert? For. Okay. Because yeah, like I am very outgoing when I when I right. want to be. So my trick for going to parties where I don't know anybody is you hang out by the bar and you sit at the bar even by yourself and who cares if you feel awkward and you play a game called Can I Guess Your Cocktail and you strangers <laughs> coming up and you're like, don't tell me. You want a, you know, I don't know, rum and coke. Oh my and God, that sounds like a really cheesy pickup line <laughs> for a guy who's trying to get a phone number. But like just sitting in there like, I bet I can guess your drink. No, no, no. <laughs> well, you need to have the right delivery. You can't be, come across as creepy. Uh, if I do it, if there's a guy and a girl who step up together, I'll, I'll guess his drink so he's not threatened by me. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing I used to do, but it was so totally an icebreaker. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you hit it off. A lot of times it just blows up in your face. <laughs> so I have, I have a similar um, tactic that I use at big parties. And I go to the bar and I order my drink, like whatever drink it is, either a glass of wine or a vodka cranberry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go back to the corner and cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did you know? Why do you no. keep touching the computer? Because if it goes dark, then just stop. Don't touch it. <laughs> I'm trying to help. Oh, you're not helping. All right. um, anyway, so I go and I order my drink, but whatever drink I get, I order two. Mm-hmm. And then if there's a group that I want to chat with, I almost don't want to tell this because people are going to like know what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So like then I go up to the group that I want to chat with mm-hmm. and I break in by saying like, hey, I got I ordered my vodka cranberry and they actually gave me two. Does somebody mm-hmm. want it? Right. So That's I buy yeah. I buy their love. I buy right. their I buy my way in. Who's going to say even if they know about like, oh, I heard about this. You talked about this on your podcast. Who's going to turn down a free drink? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like the Michael Scott um, How I Manage book where there's a chapter called Gum. Nobody mm-hmm. says no to a free piece of gum. Right. Like always have gum yeah. on you. <laughs> I had the same thing with Altoids for a while when I was with my friends. We were up and coming. We go to a show. Everyone was a crazy famous professional in comics except for us. And when you bring out the box of Altoids, people like, uh, hear hey, that. And they're like, right. hey, you got Altoid? Yeah, how you yeah, doing? Cool. You know? Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, okay, so. All right, so for me, step one, my number one convention tip is pretty obvious, but we can discuss it. Be professional. And when I say be professional, I mean be clean, be somewhat presentable, clean shaven. At conventions, do not wear a costume. If you're there to cosplay mm. on Friday, don't make Friday the day you go around handing out samples. Oh, interesting. Don't dress up like a ninja now, and then like, I should be writing Batman. <laughs> but just, okay, but just to throw on the other side of this coin, mm-hmm. to, would it ever behoove somebody to be in cosplay because they'll be memorable? Or at conventions, is that not memorable? You better be really, really charming. Okay. But people, when someone shows up at my table to get something signed and they're dressed like, I don't know, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Yoda or Jabba the Hutt, my first reaction is I'm putting them in a category of fan, which is great. But the minute they hand me a sample, my brain has to do like, what? what, what? And I have wow. to, I know, I need another sound effect there. <laughs> what, what, what? Exactly, thank you. <laughs> um, it's hard for you, once you categorize something, somebody, it's hard to reshuffle it. 
And it's just something that we all do. And there's so many people at shows, I'm meeting 100,000 people over the weekend, whatever. Mm-hmm. You just need to make it very easy for me to remember you as the guy who gave me a sample and not the guy who dressed up as Jabba the Hutt who thinks sure. he can write Batman. Sure. Also, I've never I, seen someone on the show dressed up as Jabba. Yeah, that's a weird cosplay. <laughs> I should have said Bubba Fett or something. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I agree. I just, like I said, I was kind of throwing out the devil's advocate side of that. Right. But um, at our conventions, we actually have um, themed parties at night. Like mm-hmm. every night is usually a different theme. So skipping like, ahead to my thing. I but, have that. But it has to do with cosplay. <laughs> okay. So I was saying like, if, right. if you're going to do the cosplay thing, like do it at night at the party versus at the signing. Mm, I don't think you should ever be in a professional networking situation. Oh, but see, in my industry, cosplay. everyone dresses up. Like every, yeah. like all the authors are in costume for the themed parties because that's what they're there for. Like it is right. a themed party, and people then are like, "Oh my god, you know, Julie Kenner is." Right. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know. Well, but, so like, <laughs> here's my olive branch to you. Then, if you want to pay a model to hang out with you, and they dress up, and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is." Um, so it's like. You could do like um like you have a uh, Harley like you can yeah. have your or you would walk around with a guy what's her like Neo Joker Neo Joker right yeah so you go around with the guy who looks like the cover on your book and he's there to hold flyers and you're like oh yeah I'm the writer but this is my assistant for the day his name is I don't know Chug I don't know think of Chug <laughs> Chug my my romance cover model <laughs> give him a beer and stand back <laughs> um, sorry yeah just that's the only thing that came to my mind. <laughs> I just, I also, I think that our industries are different. <laughs> I think I was trying to say chub, but I quickly changed direction. How is that better? I know, that's why it got slightly better. Also, a romance novel um, named Chub, like a, a cover model named Chub. All right. Okay, sorry, I can't. So, um, I, I think that this is just something of our industries being different because like mm-hmm. the after parties in my industry is when everyone dresses up, fans and authors alike, and everyone does it. Nobody mm-hmm. bats an eye at it. See, in our industry, if you have an after party and everyone's in costume, you're at the wrong party because huh. the professional parties where pros are, where you can actually pick up work, it looks like, yeah, they're wearing like a Spider-Man t-shirt, but they look like a guy that you would play video games with. Um, no one's in yeah. costume. That's I a mean, cosplay costume, which means you're at the wrong party. Yeah, I just think this is a difference in industries because we also yeah. have themed parties that we authors will like pay to be a part of yeah, as yeah, the yeah. author, and yeah. like you have to dress. It's like if you're right. not dressed up, you're not allowed into the party type thing. So Can you bring Chub Chug. <laughs> what is his name? Chug Chug with you. Chug Chug Chug. This is a weird episode. It is. It is. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Um, so, the, so the other, I had to be professional, clean, presentable. Absolutely. Uh, I also have be aware of space. And this mm. is a tricky one um, for some people is if you're, don't be a close talker, for example. Oh, I hate close talkers. Um, when I talked, when I was up and coming, I would stand shoulder, like my shoulder touching their shoulder. So we're both looking in the same direction. I would like saddle up next to them be like, oh, how you doing? You having a good convention? Yeah. I've been drawing for that this long. That seems weird. Well, if you're standing across from them, shoulder to so your your face is facing theirs, and if you're standing too close, like I feel like um, you're sort of cornering them in a way, and a lot of people don't like that. And for me, a basic sales tactic is don't corner them because it feels like you're opposed. If you're standing next to them, looking out at the crowd as people walk by, talking, you're more on equal ground, and it's easier to sell. So, are you walking while you're doing this? No, you're so they're standing there next to their table and you stand next to them. So you're right. Oh, I guess that's true. Like you have a table their... in front of you. Right. Cause I'm just imagining like if, if I'm like bar. standing across, that would be really weird to me if someone came up and was like, so if there's a table <laughs> between you, it doesn't work. Yeah. But if you're out next to your table or if you're at an event after and you, someone comes up to you and they want to ask you about getting work, it, I would always stand next to the person not facing them, but facing away. So you're looking at the crowd mm-hmm. and then you're sort of letting it, if they want to, you're giving them an out. So if they're like, well, you know, I'm going to go get a drink, see you later. You're not necessarily blocking them in. It's easy for them. And plus, again, you're on you're on equal ground. And if you ever run out of conversations to talk about, you'd be like, ah, look at that guy walking by. He's cool. Or, hey, sure. I can buy you a drink. It's just emotionally, it feels like you're on the same level rather than being opposed no, to each I other. No, I get it. And I get the idea of like, you never want to back someone into a corner, yeah, literally yeah. or figuratively. Yeah, it's like, like if you're <laughs> at a bar. So when I was single and I would talk to a girl at a bar, I, if she had her back to the you know, bar, what? I wouldn't want to square off because I feel like she's... Who are you talking to? No one. Just you. <laughs> <laughs> but I would always feel like, you know, I don't, I'm, 
I'm sort of tall. I don't want to intimidate her. If she feels the need to escape, I don't want to feel like she's blocked in. So I'll try to stand next to her rather than in front of her. Right. Um, and I always found that it was um, giving them a, a, that much more space helps. Yeah. Well, let's hold on. I want to just break for a second because we had a review left on iTunes, which I thought was super funny. Okay. And it said that um, <laughs> that they weren't sure if we were going to divorce by the end of the episode or something oh, like yeah. that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't, I mean, well, just it made me think, me? no, because we're just so sarcastic with each other that it right. makes me think of like my sense of humor. Like you're talking they about talking don't. to a girl yeah. at the bar and I was like, what? Maybe and like, that's kidding. the kind of thing yeah. I hope, I hope they're kidding. I thought it was funny. They still gave us five stars, so <laughs> they good. must like the, the bickering. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so go ahead. So don't corner people. Yeah. Be professional, be yeah. clean. Yeah. And a lot of this, it, it's sort of instinct. If you have any sales um, background if you're good at like emotionally reading somebody knowing when you're losing them knowing when you need to step back when you need to step in those are skills not everyone has especially introverts you write comics or what do you do romance novels, romance novels. <laughs> all right two uh, that was for, oh I thought that was two Go ahead. no no so for two for me is have samples for sure. my convention it would be five pages of art that you've drawn or a script and you want to be able to leave a packet with them with information mm -hmm. on it yeah could you also do like a little, like a small book that's almost like you print yeah. out yourself that sure. yeah. gives them, um, I guess that would be a good thing of like your storytelling. Yeah. We call that an ash can. It's a cheap oh. um, little Xerox thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's okay that it's cheap. It just gives you, if you sold yourself in person enough <laughs> and I'm talking to you, I'm like, you know what? This, this guy or this girl seems like she's really on the ball. I'm going to actually pay attention to this little pamphlet. I'll look at it later. Right. Or it's going to go in the bin. Sure. I mean, that's with everything. Like one of the things that, um, so when I got my first agent, um, mm -hmm. I Chug. <laughs> not everyone's name is Chug. Why? <laughs> what conventions do you think I'm going to? Beer, beer con. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, when I first got my agent, it was actually at a convention. It was at our conventions. We have like pitch meetings where you just sign up for time with an agent or an editor and you like pitch them a story that you're working on. Mm -hmm. And it's it's pretty low key. Like I, I've actually spoken to editors and agents since then. And they basically told me like they never say no at the convention. Like mm -hmm. they'll they'll take they basically ask for everyone's pages because it's when you're looking in front of someone's eyes, like mm -hmm. you can't just be like, nope, right. sorry, not interested. So that's the difference. Um, the writers, you need to sit down and digest the words. With art, right. you can glance at it and be like, does this person have talent or not? Right. You can tell right. very quickly. So when I had my pitch meeting with my agent, um, she wasn't my agent yet, but I sat down and I had put together a marketing, what did I call it? A press kit. I put mm -hmm. together a press kit. And that included um, book covers, like copies of my book cover. It included sample chapters of the things that I had been working on. Mm -hmm. I put in like um, a couple bookmarks and just like random stuff. I think I printed out reviews of my other books and some tweets and like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So when she said like, oh, I'm really interested. Do you have any pages to show me? And she seemed very interested. Um, and, and even though I came to learn that they ask for everyone's pages, mm -hmm. what I said was like, yeah, I'll email them to you tonight. But in the meantime, here are some sample chapters that I went ahead and printed out. You can take this with you. Mm -hmm. Or if, if you can't carry it, you know, I'm right. happy to leave it at reception for you or something. Right. And she took it with her. And then she came down at the dinner that same night looking for me and offered me a contract. That oh, night. yeah, yeah. Um, and it was only because yeah. I had those sample chapters printed out ready to give her, mm -hmm. um, because otherwise she would have had to wait for my email. Yeah. She probably wouldn't have gotten to it for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, so having that right there in hand, it looked very professional. Mm -hmm. It looked like I just had yeah. stuff together. Yeah. And there's so many people that aren't good at that stuff that when you're good at marketing or have, you know, you show that you're, you planned ahead, have packets or whatever, like it makes you stand out so much that, um, yeah, they'll go above and beyond to find you sometimes. Like, oh my God, finally someone that's making my job easy as an agent. I right. don't have to like track you down and go through all these hoops or whatever. Right. I mean, I'm sure on, on some level <clears throat> that would suck if you're an agent or an editor and then you have 80 people coming up to you with like printed out sample packets. Like right, yeah. that would get very annoying yeah. if everyone did it. But because I was the only one who did right, it, it yeah. worked in my favor. Like it yeah. can it can be a double-edged yeah. sword. So I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I often... I mean, I, I'm annoyed at sometimes at how um, creative people are not good at a lot of this stuff or how publishers are or whatever. But I have to admit that if I was in an industry that had its shit together, so to speak, 
it would be hard to stand out. Like if everyone was as on it marketing wise as I was and as good at reading contracts and as good as negotiation and as good at rocking the boat or whatever, it'd be really hard to survive in comics. But luckily it's like wide open for anybody who can be Jeez. halfway good at this, this stuff. Is this okay to say? Is I don't this care, okay yeah. to keep? Whatever. Oh, of course no, you don't fine. care. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Um, the other thing that I did, so in my industry, and I don't think you have this as much, but in my industry that we have like swag tables and mm -hmm. having swag at your table, just free shit that people can grab yeah, we have and remember you mm -hmm. is, is just like a, a thing that all authors do. And I have a love hate relationship with it. Cause I don't actually know if swag works very well. Yeah. Um, and it seems sometimes like a huge waste of money. Yes. And it annoys <sighs> your spouse when you get these shipments of boxes where you're not supposed to know where to store them or like chapstick or whatever the hell you were sending we live in for. a house and there are two of us are you we telling were in me brooklyn at the time in a one bedroom well that's different but so these swag things i have a love-hate relationship with i do think that some of them are very valuable but also mm -hmm. i mean every author and, and their brother gives out bookmarks yeah. so like i you need to have them in the same way that like a manager needs to have business cards mm -hmm. but i find them I just, I get really angry yeah. <laughs> about them. It's a good idea that um, when everyone else starts doing it, you need to go in the opposite direction. Somewhere. Yeah. And so what I did was at one of my first conventions, I went to the swag tables and I just sat there for like an hour and I took notes on what people grabbed mm -hmm. the most huh. and what people were like keeping versus what they were throwing out in mm -hmm. their, in their goodie bags and stuff. Right. And I came to learn like, People keep pens and they get pens, but they never look at the names on the pen. Right. However, um, chapstick is something that everybody would grab um, and like mm -hmm. hand sanitizer. And there were like a handful of these swag items that right. were a little bit more expensive, but you're more likely to have someone keep it than mm -hmm. throw it away. Um, and then the other thing that I learned was like overall readers just want books. Mm -hmm. And so I can spend $2 printing out chapstick with my logo on them mm -hmm. or for the same price for $2, I can print out a little short of my book oh, yeah, I was gonna say. and give those out for free. Yeah, I would do that, honestly. And I mean, that's what I do now. My one thought I had was it's great that you sat by and you took notes like a creep. Um, seeing who was keeping their pens and who was throwing away. See, I'm an introvert. I just stay on the wall. Right, no one right, notices right. me. No one but ever my, sees me. My, my other thought was, what can you do that's different even than pens? Like, just because it, so people are keeping a lot of pens. So now they've got 20 pens in their pockets. Now you're competing with 20 different pens if you go the pen route. But if you went with a different thing completely that no one else was doing mm -hmm. and you zeroed in on what they wanted, and like you said, they wanted to read a sample, just print mm -hmm. out chapter one or whatever. Well, the other thing I noticed was like, there were some pens that were really cool and mm -hmm. those were coveted. So like right. actually a friend of mine, Lisa Renee Jones, um, she's a very big author. She has pens that are shaped like a paintbrush mm -hmm. because the art or the hero of her novel is a painter. Right. And those pens went like wildfire. What if you printed out instead of like a, a sample, you had an epilogue that would not be released in the actual book itself. So actually, I'm one step ahead of you. Mm -hmm. It's not printed out yet, but I have in my upcoming release, the epilogue of my book is only for people who sign up for my newsletter. Right. A prologue, so like, I should have said. Sorry. A what? I meant to say prologue, but Well, e either way. So like people read this new book that's going to be coming out. And mm -hmm. at the end of the book, it basically, like the book is wrapped up. The epilogue is not needed. But if mm -hmm. you just love the characters and you right. like want this extra scene, right. it's like getting a bonus scene in a movie. It's a deleted, yeah, it's deleted, a deleted scene, scene yeah. or something. So yeah. like the, to get that scene, they click on the link, they sign up for my newsletter, right. and then they get this free read. Right. And That's so great. that I could easily print out and Look have at, at my table. I thought of it independently. I know. Because you and are, I are marketing How patronizing ninjas. are you? <laughs> Look at that. You thought of it independently. <laughs> oh, you're so cute when you use your oh, brain. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm See, this is what that, that guy meant when he was like. Dye hasn't gone to your brain cells. <laughs> when he said, like, I'm curious if they're going to get a divorce by the end of the episode. <laughs> I think that's why. <laughs> um, the blonde dye went to my brain cells. <laughs> um, okay, so, so that's number three. Was find the, Oh, sorry. So number three, find the after party the bar. Um, Wait, go, find the after party or find the bar? Convention tip number three. You want to network at the convention itself, but uh -huh. more important is finding where the after party is. Oh yeah. Which okay. bar they go to. For sure. Yeah. Almost for me, like um, San Diego Comic-Con is great, but it it's so hard to pick up work there now. I haven't even gone for eight years or nine wow. years. Um, it's yeah. been a while. But I mean, um, I'm probably in a different situation, but I used to go and not even go <clears throat> onto the show floor. I would just go out at night, find the bars, the restaurants yep. people were at. And that's almost your 
you're better off doing that if you can't afford to actually go in. Oh, almost always. I mean, even going and like consciously choosing to go to slightly smaller shows, Mm -hmm. knowing that you'll be able to network more at those shows than at the bigger shows. Exactly. Like at big shows, I feel like, again, in my industry, a lot of the... You know, if you're if you're looking to meet a New York Times bestselling author because you're hoping to, I don't like get mm-hmm. a blurb from her. Like you want right. to give her your book and maybe she'll read it and give you a quote. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I don't recommend doing this at conventions for the record. But yeah. like if that's your goal and you're going to for us, like the big convention, the the San Diego Comic Con, if you will, is like RT or mm-hmm. well, RT got disbanded, but um RWA. So like if you go there, she's probably hanging out with all of her friends that she hasn't seen for a year. So if you go up to her at a bar, she's going to be very nice to you, but also like she's there with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that's less likely to happen at a smaller convention or at mm-hmm. a small signing. Right. That there, there's just less people. There's right. less inundation, in, mm-hmm. inundated with yeah. authors. So Yeah. So when I do small shows, usually I'm not making money. Um, but if I go and I meet someone who is like, oh, like Jimmy Palmiotti who's a friend of mine now. Mm-hmm. And I went to a show and I met him and I didn't have a very good show, but I met him and we struck up a great friendship and he helped me find a good um, accountant and some other mm-hmm. tips. And that was worth the show right there. Yeah. I mean, our accountant now. Our accountant's because, amazing. Yeah, that one <laughs> All because of Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like stuff like that, like, you know, the win isn't necessarily making your money back. It's, it's, if you've made a good connection or a legitimate friendship, even, you know, even right. better. Well, and that's, I, that's always my goal. Like, I just want to, have a network of friends that oh, I meet there. That's a good for six. Um, you just stole my. Go ahead, keep <laughs> no. talking. Um, well, I had a question for you, which was what what is it that aspiring artists or aspiring comic writers are seeking to get when they come to you at a convention? Like, are they looking just for a portfolio review and looking for like constructive criticism on how they can get better? Mm-hmm. Are they looking for you to like quote their work? Like, what is it that they're trying to get from you at these things? <laughs> what do you want from me? Um, I mean, I know that sounds very negative the way the question's being asked, but I'm just, I'm curious because like, you're not a publisher. You can't get someone's book published Mm -hmm. or like seen. So it's, it's interesting to me if someone comes to you looking for that help. Well, this doesn't happen as much anymore because I'm so busy and my career has reached a point where people know they get, they get their impression is I should probably leave Sean alone because he's really busy. Hmm. Um, but guys, he's not that. No, I am. Please <laughs> just leave me kidding. alone. Um, but back when I was starting, or when you were in the first tier or middle tier in, in the maw of, of uh, you know, Artist Alley, we call it, you get people come up. Some of them are artists and they want to talk art tips. So when I was doing Hellblazer, I had a big um, cult following of other artists. So I would get people coming to the table who couldn't afford to buy any, you know, artwork or whatever. But they wanted to know about technique and they wanted to talk shop. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think people are just looking to connect too. Um, okay. If they if they wanted if we struck it up, struck up a good conversation and wanted to hang out after, awesome. Um, but then you've also got the type of um, let's say you met Chris Chris Vecchieri. Yeah, 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 a couple people who did that amazing. Um, I don't even know what the hell to call the it. The thing bit, of the eight, yeah, the eight bit white knight. Yeah, so trailer. white knight. Side note, <laughs> I, um, my friend does eight bit pixel graphics, which I, I'm a sucker for. So he did this quick like 20 second intro for volume two of White Knight. And he had Azrael in it, and it's all like an intro to an old school Nintendo game. It's it's amazing, um, but yeah, a lot of my best friendships come from that. It's just getting a sense for people. Another type of person that comes up and used to bother me, as you put it, um, writers. I, who I are didn't mean at, it that they're know, bothering me. I'm just I was curious what they're trying to what they're seeking. Writers are seeking people to draw their scripts. Or oh. Writers want you to work for free or work for back end. I see. Um, and you need to be sort of careful sometimes. Um, because writers who, or they'll call themselves producers, or they're helming a project, and they might overpromise in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of them are good people. A lot of them are not. A lot of them don't realize that they're being kind of shysters. Uh, you know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. So you got to be careful who you trust. It's a big thing. Um, but uh, yeah, now mostly people in my line just want stuff signed and just yeah. to say you know enjoyed the book or whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so number four on the convention tips. Uh, this one's be easygoing, be cool. Uh, leave leave them an out. Like if you can tell that they're not interested in talking, you need to let them go. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were at a convention once, and uh, we're talking to a guy who recognized me from something. And uh, within two minutes, I'm thinking I'm tired of this conversation. This he just kept going on, and like I tried to step away, and he would step closer to me, and then closer to you, and he just didn't get the hint. Like mm. 
it's a Sunday. I don't really want to talk about this stuff right now. Like, I'm not going to be impolite, but can you sense that I'm pulling away? Like, you need to let me walk away or whatever. Right. Well, I mean, that's also any good rule of thumb in anything you do or create is you always want to leave them wanting more. Right. So, like, have a nice conversation. Right. And hopefully you piqued their interest as well. And when they see you at the bar later, they're going to be like, oh, that that guy or that girl, she was nice. Yeah. Let me, let's come over here. Let's have a beer. Yeah. There is a customer service aspect to this, too. Um, I think putting your ego aside and letting, realizing that you are acting as your own agent in a way. You're not acting as a creative. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, you are a creative and you're a writer. And wouldn't it be nice if everyone just bowed down at your feet? And considered you the David Bowie of romance novels or whatever. But Wait, most- I'm not. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, but for now, you want to think of it as, I would suggest thinking of it as customer service. Where, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Thanks for the support. I've got this book coming out. You know, oh, any kind of support you want to give us, you know, any tweet, whatever. Like, yeah. you're not, you're, you're in selling mode, in agent mode. You're not really in art mode. And um, on that note, you also don't, you want to sell yourself. You want to be positive. You don't want to let your insecurities show. So if oh, someone yeah. says, I love your art, don't shake your head and be like, oh my God, I Don't be myself. self-deprecating. Yeah. yeah. Save that shit for your friends afterwards. And don't it's a fine that. line being confident versus being arrogant. That like too. you can be confident without being completely self-obsessed. And, right. Um, to kind of go back to a little customer service gene that you were talking about, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite uh, social media experts, Jasmine Starr, uh, who I'm like, got a girl crush on. She knows it. <laughs> she knows I have a girl crush on yeah, her. Yeah, good taste. Um, she, will, she would say that like, in order to receive, you need to give. You need mm-hmm. to give more than you receive. And to kind of tie this back into like a, a practical tale, um, back when... You were uh, still with your like two art agents ago. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. There was another agent who represented all your friends, and he mm-hmm. he was super nice. And he, without you being a client or anything, mm-hmm. he came up to your table when I was helping you like manage your line and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he brought bottles of water for us, and he just right. checked on us, seeing like, hey, do you need anything? Do you need a break? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. He wasn't even your agent, but he right. went above and beyond. Yeah. In such a lovely way that after that show, I was like, "You, this guy is great. Mm-hmm. Like the fact yeah. that he went out of his way for someone who's not a client, yeah. just a nice guy like yeah. that, yeah. you should sign with him. Yeah, you came up. And that's also the sell is like, get if you went over the uh, boyfriend <laughs> or girlfriend or husband or wife. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true. But I mean, I think that he employed this, this mentality of like doing something for mm-hmm. someone. And he probably didn't expect you to turn mm-hmm. around and sign with him. But that yeah. little act of kindness... really kind of changed your whole mindset and signed with him. Um, You know, so likewise, I think if there is a particular artist or writer or someone that you really just want to talk to and get to know, bring that person a soft pretzel or a coffee. Like ask them, you, have you had a break? I can go grab Mm -hmm. you a coffee or don't even ask them, just bring it. Yeah. And like, hopefully it's not laced with anything. (laughs) It's always like my fear is like, I don't drink things brought to me. You like like your coffee roofied? (laughs) Oh God. It's not even funny. I don't even want to laugh at that. (laughs) Um, So that actually feeds into one on the list here was the question of being genuine. And I I didn't realize this was a, a friend of ours, who writes as well has a hard time networking because he feels like if he's schmoozing it's icky and shouldn't the work just sell itself shouldn't the book just be good shouldn't people just get like why do you have to schmooze like he didn't want to act like some wall street guy that's like hey your people my people like all that shuck and jive like he didn't want to do any any of that stuff and i was trying to tell him like just because you have a mutual interest in getting to know someone who might be able to help you doesn't mean you aren't being genuine. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It's like, and again, you might, yes, having someone help you out with something is certainly mm-hmm. a benefit to this. Right. However, at the end of the day, I think you said it best earlier, I go to these things looking just for connection mm-hmm. and friendships yeah. in my industry. It's someone right. I can like lean on when like, oh my God, that release went so bad. Can yeah, you yeah. just virtually hug me for a minute? Yeah. Person who is in yeah. my industry who understands. Right. Um, and we we are pack animals. We are pack creatures. We need yeah. that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I think you. Yeah, I mean, if someone's too schmoozy and they're too, um, oh, what's the word? It's if they reek of sl- slight desperation and like they're just talking to you because they want something from you and it doesn't seem to be very genuine. Yeah, those people are out there. And as a networking means running into those people, um, someone one of your friends called it shoulder surfing. 
So when you're st- talking to it's someone face to face and they're talking to you, but they're sort of more looking at people who are arriving at the bar behind you and you, their eyes don't stay on you. They're sort of surfing off your shoulders, like drifting back and forth, looking yeah. at you, looking away, whatever. That shows that they're just opportunists and they're, I don't know, they're, it's, maybe it's a step too far away from being genuine. Yeah. But also someone who's doing that, I would say, take your cue from, I don't know what rule it was, number two or three of like, (laughs) know when they want an out because if they're shoulder surfing or like looking beyond your shoulder, well, maybe it's time to end that conversation and say like, oh, this was so great. Let's catch up later. I I know that you probably have a million people to see. Right. Um, And learning how to read those cues. But I I know, I know that how some people might feel that it is disingenuous when you go and try to like, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, schmooze. Yeah. But there is a way to do it that you're just, I, that's what people are there for. They're there to connect. They're yeah, there yeah. to have yeah. the, those genuine friendships right. made. So. so I remember once uh, I was at a show in Boston and I met this really famous comic book artist who I didn't know. And I, I, uh, we were all at a big bar together and I wanted to say hi. And I said, Hey, how you doing? Um, can I get you a drink? And, uh, he's like, yeah, sure. He told me what he wanted. So I went and paid for it. And I wasn't trying to talk his ear off or anything i was just hey can i get you something mm-hmm. I'm happy to pay you know and i i got him a drink and I, I wasn't expecting him to talk to me or hang out with me or do anything back i just wanted to just put out positivity yeah. basically because so many people are bending his ear how nice is it to be the person that swoops in and says hey can i get you something right here you go i'll see you later yeah you know and, and for him it's like hey wait who's this cool guy that got me this drink and then didn't ask anything <laughs> is that me. really like, what he said to himself <laughs> well that's what i think to myself when someone does that to me i'm like oh my god thank you someone who helped me out and made it easy like i'm gonna find yeah. him later or her and try to you know get that person a drink but then um so we started the conversation and we hit it off really well and he wanted my contact information and i should have done it because i was a nobody and he was the at the top of his game hmm. but i didn't like how he drew like i don't like his art style and i felt like oh, i don't know if i give him my contact and we start up a friendship and i have to like lie to him and pretend i really like his art like i hate this guy's art i think he's a nice guy and i <laughs> i'd like to know his editors and stuff but i don't want to feign a friendship with him with the dirty little secret that i can't stand how he draws <laughs> So I purposely huh. never contacted That's him. That's a really interesting conundrum because it, it, it begs the question of like, can you can you have a friendship with someone whose mm. art you don't like or respect? Can right. I have a friendship with an author whose books I don't enjoy? Yes. I think yeah. the answer is yes. Like, yeah. I think you can absolutely have that friendship. And you're if right. I if yeah. were you, I would have... Well, now that I'm older, yeah. I would, If you're good at marketing and business and you're fun to talk to at a show, awesome. Like, I don't care how you draw it or write, to be honest. Like, I'm just looking for good people. Um, but when I, this happened, I was like 26 and for me, mm-hmm. I, it was like a moral crisis where oh, I thought boy. I had to, you know, Oh, young Sean, I, you know, <laughs> like I would be lying to him if I pretended to be his friend just, and I never could tell him like, if you ever tried to give me any art advice, I'd be hard for me to take. Cause I'm like, you don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also some of this is, is subjective, maybe not as much with art as with some writing, but yeah. like there are, there are tons of books that I personally are, they're bestsellers. I read them. I'm like, Oh, I don't get it. But some, right. the t- so many people in this world love it. So yeah. I don't know, like yeah. who cares? Yeah. And honestly, you know, life's short and these conventions, it's all about having a good time and surviving. And you know, there's an art to being nice at a convention. Just because they're, all right, so let me rewind. So yeah, the way they draw is an art form, but the way that they are with you talking, the way that they buy you a drink after you buy them a drink, the way that they're polite, they save you a seat, that they they think about the industry the same way you do. Like all that is another type of art, if you think of it that way. Like that's enough for me to have a full-on friendship. You don't need to necessarily appreciate everything that they draw or write yeah. for you. So like I have no problem with it now, but at the time... I don't know. Yeah, young Sean. <laughs> young Sean was like <laughs> having yeah. his existential crisis. Um, and my last uh, tip for conventions is this is quick: um, follow up with people, but don't badger. Yeah, I mean, you should you should always have like your follow up email or mm-hmm. something. I mean, that's that's a pretty standard rule of thumb. Right. Is just you send a quick email of like, "Hey, it was so great meeting you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I gave you that quick little sketchbook. Right. Um, I hope you enjoy it." Mm-hmm. And don't require a response, mm-hmm. but if you get one, great. Yeah. Um, the other place that I I will attempt to like meet people if I'm in an overwhelming party or a scene mm-hmm. 
is in the bathroom line because there's always a line for the ladies room Mm -hmm. so I always find like when you're waiting in line you can just chat with the people in line with you so So if I'm ever feeling awkward I'm like I'm going to wait in the ladies room so tip from Colleen for all you guys (laughs) getting into comics hide out in the bathroom (laughs) hang out in the women's bathroom line to meet people there well not everybody listening are comic artists there's romance writers who listen to this too buddy but I'm making jokes yeah you're so that's what I do I'm a joke maker Uh, mm, okay (laughs) Um, I have some more about tabling tips, but maybe that should go into the marketing if we do another one. Yeah, I mean, we're already at like 50 minutes right now. Five zero? Five zero. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have any other things off the top of my head that I can think of. Um, no. Maybe um, decide whether a convention is worth your time or not. Mm. Um, just because there is a convention close to you doesn't mean you should go. Yeah. You can deplete a region. If you're always going to New England, eventually you, your readers are just not going to show up because they know you're always there. So you need to hit a new region. Yeah. Um, if the show is um, doesn't advertise well enough for you, you might want to cancel mm-hmm. uh, because is it worth your time? Do you really want to give up your weekend? And sometimes travel? you don't know that until you get to a show. That too, yeah. Um, unfortunately, like yeah. sometimes it's not until you're sitting there like, right. wow, this is not run yeah. super well. And if you're you know, flying there, if you tend to you know, get con crud from traveling or you lose sleep or you know you're going to have like a day or two of recovery when you get back like all that is going to affect your bottom line not to be mercenary about it but well you know the other thought i had too was i wonder if you can ever um again i i don't know your industry super well i know in my industry we have signings and you can usually ask for a handful of like tickets to give away Mm -hmm. so you could like uh, um negotiate when you decide to have a table at one of these things like Mm -hmm. I'll, I want to sign here. Are you able to throw in 10, 10 free tickets, like right. 10 comp tickets? Mm-hmm. And then you can use that in your, again, this is maybe more marketing than convention, but mm-hmm. you can use that in your marketing and say, I have 10 tickets to give away to any, if you're, I don't know, if you're doing it in like Boston, to any Boston readers. Mm-hmm. And then you can guarantee that at least 10 of your personal fans will be at this show. Right. Yeah. And at, for a convention, I think giving away like a handful of tickets isn't going to make or break them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that works. Free stuff. Pens. <laughs> Stupid pens. <laughs> uh, condoms. So, <laughs> now that's what I should use as my swag. You, oh, I thought uh, <laughs> you totally should. If you do like custom condom wrappers or something. Oh, gross. I don't know why that grosses me out. I mean, but most of my readers are like, are married <laughs> or, or I don't know. A, if anyone's using those condoms at the convention, I don't want to know about it. Di- diaphragms or whatever. Nobody uses diaphragms anymore, do they? <laughs> I don't know. Super antiquated. That's like what my mom used to <laughs> use as birth control. Well, it's certainly memorable. <laughs> if you're the t- maybe in a bad way, like oh my god, the yeah. girl over there for awful book. It's super trashy. Yeah. Giving out condoms and diaphragms. You can do the French tickler style condoms. Some of the weird spiral. I don't know. I haven't bought a condom. For a long I don't time. even know what that is. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. at it. I'm not the customer for condoms. Uh, <laughs> None of this is this getting is, cut. Oh it all God, stays. This is the, weird. They need to know this stuff. This is super weird. <laughs> um, well, anyway, anyway, on that note, on that I note, think I think that's all we've got for today's episode. Yeah, let's pull out. <laughs> get it? I get it. Pull, all right. I'm pulling pray. Uh, well, let's see. So, um, thanks for listening. We have a Patreon page for anyone interested. It's patreon.com slash talk flirty to me. We also have Twitter, Instagram. It's a, you know, you can search Sean Gordon Murphy or Sean Murphy and I'm at Katana Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we have any other cool businessy things. That's about it. Uh, we'll think of more next time. We talk about marketing. Yeah. Sorry. We were absent for so long guys, but we'll be hopefully back more on a consistent schedule. Bye. Right. Talk flirty to me. Talk.